Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Introducing Norm Self-Checkout for All. Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card not present fees? Norm is here to solve it all. Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones. Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Court, and of course, I sit with my best friend Tom. What's up, buddy? What's going on, homie? So I know we're kind of late in the year with uh, with this conversation. We usually like to have uh, like this conversation like in 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 the spring and stuff, but but I think it's a I, I think it's an interesting one nonetheless. Late in the year, it's 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 been a late year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it like like it's kind of like. Like we're in the middle of summer, but you know, summer is our new spring. Um, particularly, we're going to talk about uh, bridal uh, stuff today. So, you know, it's like there's so many weddings happening, and, and our guest today is going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, how w- w- what's her new current look like. Right, because things are finally opening up, so people can start gathering, can start ho- hosting weddings, and start being together. You know what I mean? So it, it's. I, I guess yeah, you're right. It is the new spring in in, in that sense. Exactly. I mean, and, and we know it through the show stuff because here in a couple of weeks we're going to end up at BTC, and then from BTC until like the mid November, man, we're 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 booked out at so many shows. I mean, like all the shows got condensed, and 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 certainly all the weddings and stuff have got condensed. And we were talking right before we jumped on that you know we're planning a wedding in, in my household, and just like how how crazy that's been, and how crazy that's been to kind of get scheduled. You know, we uh, we scheduled it a year ago, and we're still a year out. So you know, it, it was a two-year uh, wedding schedule. Yeah, and like you said, how all these shows are condensed, you know, we're doing ABS here, uh, and then uh, turn around and doing it again in, in the spring, where they normally have that time, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. 
So we're doing like a September to April kind of like ABS trip, right? Right. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. So well, that's probably all the, how all these weddings are, right? I mean, it's going to be nonstop until, uh, you know, the venues can find space. And, you know, when we've talked about weddings before, like they talk about how like November and December is kind of like downtime. You know, you, you have a couple, but, you, you know, it's not like, I wonder if that's going to happen this year. We'll get into it, won't we? Yep. <laughs> Should we get in? Uh, probably, yeah. So our guest today is Rachel Perryman, and Rachel is like uh, this badass bridal, uh, bridal uh, stylist. And and you're about to hear, man, her schedule is nutty, man. And so we'll talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, bridezillas, how to manage that, how to manage the, uh, the the mothers of the brides and maybe the daddies of the brides and all that stuff, too. So, uh, you know, I always, I always love these conversations because I'm so far out of the wedding thing, but we have a wedding coming but up. But even so, you know, being a hairdresser like yourself and, and watching you... You be Bradzilla with your daughter. It's, <laughs> that's, right. that's interesting. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Hey, uh, so, Miss Rachel Perryman, welcome to your day off. Oh my gosh, you guys are hilarious. Thanks for having me. It's truly an honor. Super humbled. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank man. you for being so patient with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, oh. a little, just a little behind the scenes. We've actually had to cancel on Rachel twice. So, uh, you know, once again, uh, another <laughs> apology, dude. I, we are so, so sorry that, uh, that you know. We you guys are just preparing me for my COVID brides. You know, right, patience is like the number one key ingredient this year. That, 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 you know what? That's actually a good place to pick up. So, like, how busy, like, during, like, 2020, how busy were you with brides? Oh, during 2020. Um, we were not. Um, we rescheduled, canceled, um, roughly 187 brides in 2020. Um, we were moving like pretty quickly through February, which is kind of like our kickoff time here in like Southern California, I would say February. And then, um, we had a wedding March 16th and then it was like the world just shut down right after that wedding. And so everything from March until pretty much like April of 21, was just gone. Zero, nothing. Did the all 187 try to rebook with you guys? Because there's no way that you're going to be able to reschedule the 187 plus take on the new 187 the following year. Yeah. So that's been, that's been like the game right now is trying to juggle all of the rescheduling. The biggest hiccup that we found is that when we, as a company, we assign our artists to our brides. And then once they kind of pick up and they're assigned, that's like, that's your girl. And so once they they've done the trial, they've met, they've spoke over the phone and they started this relationship. Well, then we have to go and reschedule, but sometimes the date that they rescheduled to that artist is not available for that date. And so then we're like flip-flopping and trying to reassign artists and trying to find the perfect match. And it's it's been chaotic. Luckily, I do have an administrative staff that works full-time behind the scenes of the company. And without them, I there's no way I would have been able to handle all of it. Rachel, before we move forward, uh, kind of tell us about your company a little bit and what you guys do and what you guys offer, um, just so we can kind of get a perspective of, 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 of everything that's going on. Yeah, awesome. So um, my company is called La Rouge. Uh, we are a bridal team and then also a full service salon. Um, the bridal team, we kind of headquarters out of Santa Barbara, California. And there's, I think on board right now, we have about 12 hair and makeup artists that work within that company. And like I said, we do roughly 200 to 250 weddings each calendar year. I think 2021 is going to I don't know. It's probably, I don't even, I couldn't even count right now, but, um, 
we'll send out anywhere from, you know, an one artist out to pamper a bride and her entourage up into like 10 or, you know, even our full team out to pamper an entire party. So yeah, we kind of cover the entire central coast and pamper brides all weekend long. Holy cow, man. So are you bringing on more people because, you know, this year is going to be chaotic or is it hard to find people because anybody that's in the bridal world isn't having trouble finding, you know, uh, weddings? Yeah, that's a great question because it's both. The answer to that is yes and yes. Um, We did go through like this quick hiring frenzy where I was like, oh my gosh, everybody you know, look for people who are talented in bridal, who love it, who want to learn and who also want to pamper brides and in this like chaotic time because this year is going to be way more chaotic than anything we've ever experienced in the past. And so we have, we've hired a handful of new artists for the Central Coast team. But like you said, it's also super hard because even some of the girls that are on our team, they're being asked by their friends of friends of friends to pamper brides as well. And so we're finding that availability is it's a lot harder this year than we thought. So it's like moving all these like big puzzle pieces together and trying to find what fits. And then like you find a gap and you're like, oh, shoot, like (laughs) scrambling to, to fill the gap. So obviously you built this, this company and you have a certain reputation. So when you bring on these new artists, do you uh, have them go through a training process that to make sure that they live up to your standard or live, live up to, to what your reputation is? I do. Um, yeah, I run everything in my life. It's probably my military background. Everything is like super structured and there's like a process and a system for everything. So it starts with either reaching out to them or they reach out to us and show interest in working with us. And then from there, I'll bring them in for an audition and an interview. And then I kind of like draft out, it's almost like a custom plan of, okay, this is gonna be the training cycle that this particular artist is gonna go through in order to prep them for the styles that like maybe our Santa Barbara brides want or our LA brides want because you know, the ideas and the visions are different. So we kind of prep them and train them for a specific clientele. And then that's how, that's who they'll be assigned to. So it's, it's pretty strenuous and that it's for that particular reason is that our reputation is pretty solid here and it would be devastating obviously to have unhappy brides. And so I do think that quality is much better than quantity. Wow. She says that with 250 brides per year, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but we've grown to that. Like this is year 11 in this area for, for my company. But there was a point when we were in, I think it was like year four and we had like quadrupled our business from like year three to year four. And it was so much demand that I was just in in, in, again, another hiring frenzy. And what happened was I saw, even though we had increased the amount of brides we were taking on, the quality had gone down. And I actually went in with my assistant at the time and was like, we can't sustain this and still grow as a company we're going to ruin our reputation. And we actually cut our entire team in half by 50%, which did cause us the following year to have to cut the amount of brides that we were able to pamper by half. But in the end, I think like, you know, looking back six years later, now we have a good process in place. And so our quality is better. Right. It allowed you to grow at the, at the rate that, that you wanted Needed to really, yeah, exactly. But to have make sure yeah. that your 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 quality of work is spot on, you know, so you didn't yeah. get too far ahead of yourself, which is good. Yeah, the growth happened really fast, and then it was like a rude awakening of like, 
where are they going to plummet if we don't step back and get this thing under control which, which, and put which, some which, systems in place? A lot of times people love the success and they'll keep trying to figure out how we'll catch up. We'll have the work catch up to us because we have all the success. And then and at the end of the day, it does ruin your reputation and, and it, it'll, it'll hurt you in the long run. So you, you were strong yeah. and smart enough to, Hey, let's pull back and then we'll grow when we have to grow, when we need to grow. But right now let's, let's make sure our quality is spot on. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hard decision to make in the time, but in the long run, I, it definitely made me a, better person <laughs> 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 otherwise i would have been like a crazy woman running around and manage a salon at the same time um it's a juggling act like everything in my life um so a little bit of backstory when i first opened up my my first salon um it was roughly 2500 square feet 14 chairs two treatment rooms it was a lot to chew um, I definitely bit off more than I could chew and kicked myself multiple times. I did have full-time administrative staff there, but I was in this like pattern of like, go, 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 go. And so like you mentioned before, like I was just always in catch up. That's it. That's all I was doing. Like I was either being yelled at by the stylist in the salon or I was being yelled at by brides and I was losing my wits and COVID actually, as much as it hurt our industry, I think it also did provide a lot of perspective for a lot of beautypreneurs. And one of those things that it did for me was it did cause me to have to shut the doors for my big salon and downsize. And so we, we kind of got rid of our treatment rooms, which was you have to tell estheticians you can't take them with them with you. But um, we are down to nine chairs, one of those being mine. And, um, and it's just a lot more to manage. So now I'm in this place where I can, my full-time assistant manages all of the bridal company, all the behind the scenes contracts, brides. She does all of our phone consultations. And then I can be the face at the salon when I need to be, but I've created a team that is so self-sufficient that they just really helped me run the show. How many brides are you doing personally? Um, I am pampering about a hundred brides a year Whoa. with my own two hands. So that's like a third yeah. of Ooh. what you're doing. Holy cow. That's two a week, right? On average. Um, yeah. On average. Yeah. Are Which you actually, if you think about that, that's not that bad. That's one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Right. But that's every weekend of the year. So yeah, it, it's a lot, but it's, that is a manageable number for me. Um, eventually I will try to get that down to 75 and then maybe take a weekend off here and there. But <laughs> for now, um, well, that's not happening know. the next two years. I assure you, you know, no, it's not. I had, that's in my four year plan guys. <laughs> <laughs> take, her four year plan is to take a vacation. <laughs> well, I take vacations. They're just usually Tuesday through Friday. That's just it. go on the honeymoon. Heck. Exactly. <laughs> just go with them. Right. <laughs> you should do it, man. So you were saying like, uh, like before we got on, you were saying like, like it's not just Saturday and Sundays anymore. Right. Like I know that like over the last no. few years, like Friday weddings have been like a trend, but now like, I guess because of, yeah. uh, of, of just uh, scheduling that, that it's gone throughout the weekend. Yeah. Venues are so booked up. And so I think that what, I, what I'm noticing in the trend is that it's the 2020 brides were able to reschedule and kind of get dates for 2021 at, at specific venues. They had to usually change their date, but it's the 2021 brides that got engaged and are now planning the wedding for the first time. It's 
them that are having a hard time actually getting Friday, Saturday, Sundays at venues because the 2020 brides are, you know, taking them already. And so, yeah, we're seeing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday weddings. They're typically smaller, anywhere from 15 to 35 attendees, but brides, bridal party still, mom of the groom, mother of the bride, everybody still wants the same experience of like getting hair and makeup done, that it's not, even though it's on a Tuesday and it might only be 15 attendees, it's not changing our scope of work as the beautypreneurs. Wow. That's, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, I guess that, that is true. If it's a Monday or Tuesday, you know, if it's not like a holiday weekend, it's, it's, you're not going to get a, a huge turnout, right? Huh? Yeah. I never even thought yeah. of that perspective actually. Right. You, when she was telling us, that didn't even like dawn on me. Wow. That's so crazy. Right. Yeah. So it's good for us in terms of like, you know, running a business and the bottom line and the profitability level, like that is really important to run a business. And so, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are great for us, but we, we did have to pivot a lot, you know, like I said, I had mentioned previously, I, I have recently pulled away from my own salon chair and doing in salon services in order to be available to pamper the brides on, you know, a Monday or a Tuesday. That, go ahead. I, that, that, it strikes me as, 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 I don't know if the word's odd, but it strikes me as like, like, you know, they tell you to like pre-book your appointments and stuff and you don't get that, you know, hopefully you don't get that with brides, right? Hopefully you only, a bride is like, uh, you only do one wedding in their life, you know? So like, like, uh, I mean, if you did a couple, that's, that's a whole, you can't pre-book it though, I guess. You can't, you can't, you can't predict when the next wedding is, but, but so you're kind of trading that like one appointment for, you know, maybe like someone that you see every six weeks. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's totally fair. Um, I think it is a completely different mindset. So I always say like a uh, bridal stylist, I, we're a different breed than your typical like beauty industry. So I look at it this way is the salon world is maintenance. Yes. Sometimes it's, you know, they're getting something new, but it's maintenance. Your clients, you're maintaining their look every six weeks. Brides is completely special event. It's one off. And so you have to go in understanding that you have to continuously market yourself. You have to continuously show up. You have to continuously reach out to your community and make sure that you guys are actively participating in the wedding industry in order to be top of mind. So that when somebody says, oh, I need somebody to do my hair, they're like, oh, let's call Rachel. She's your bridal chick. Like, let's call her. She'll have an artist available for you. And also we book out like 12 months in advance. So with, with not even talking, like not even taking COVID into play, uh, we will typically be booked out in March. We'll be booked out through September for every weekend. And so it's just a different mindset. It's kind of a different, it's, it's a different game we play. Does it make it a little easier now that uh, these Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday weddings? So uh, does it make it easier for somebody to slide in? Uh, a bride to slide in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, Rick, yeah, because a lot of times availability is not available on Saturdays and Sundays once we get into yeah. October. Right. We just have to close out our day. Our, usually seven weddings a day is our max for our team. And so once we hit that marker, we're like, that's we, it. We have to close the day. Yeah. Yeah. 
That, that must suck if you, you know, really want to get on. Hey, Rach, so take us back to like year one. So let's say like, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a stylist. I've just graduated from, I don't know, Paul Mitchell or something, you know, like I'm, I'm just on the floor and I, but I want to build a, a bridal brand or I want to build myself as a bridal artist. You know, what advice would you give like someone, they don't necessarily have to be a new stylist, but even someone that wants to do that, like, like what advice would you give that would be different than, you know, like working in a salon to market yourself? Um, yeah. So first of all, I think that you have to love the artistic side of it, but you also have to love the people game side of it because your maintenance clients, your salon clients are people that you build, you're building relationships with for like three, five, 10, you know, up to 25 years. It's somebody that every time they come in, you see them and you're like, so how was that party? Or how was that marriage? Or how was that baby? You know, like all that stuff with these people are, it's just one time it's chaotic. They're frantic. And so you have to be able to come in there with like a calm, collective, cool demeanor and be like, I got you. I'll take care of you. Even if you start acting crazy, I'll still be like that calm pillar in. So you have to have a heart for it first before anything else. And I've had to learn that along the ways because I did try to like jump ship multiple times to be like, no, I'm going to go do this because I like the schedule better. And then I always kind of come back to, no, this is where my heart belongs. So my biggest piece of advice would be to learn as much as possible about any type of dry styling and makeup application, if that's something they're interested in. And then also get in contact with vendors within the wedding industry, because they are your number one ticket to your brides. And vendors, that means like venues and, and, you know, teaming up with other yeah. who are your vendors? Yeah. Wedding coordinators, florists, photographers. Those are your three most important venues are awesome. You can get on a preferred vendor list, you know, so people can find you, but it really is those wedding coordinators and those photographers that are going to be your biggest advertising tool. That makes total sense. And that, yeah. that also like, like, uh, a venue isn't, isn't a person to person contact. Right. But the other thing, but the other things are, so, you know, more yeah, and it's really built just like, I mean, just like every part of our industry, our industry is built on such personal connection. And so they have to like you. So if the photographer likes you, then they're going to be like, dude, call this girl or call this dude, because you're going to like having them in your hotel room for four hours on your wedding day. You know, they don't really want to hang out with somebody that's obnoxious and annoying or so let's go through the process. So Corey's daughter is getting married. And so okay. one of the uh, photographers gave her your number. So let's go through the process. She calls you guys and you said your assistant takes care of like the contracts and stuff like that. But let's let's kind of walk yeah. through the steps. OK, so I love this because I'm so, I geek out over like business processes and systems. And I think it's kind of cool. I'll just throw this in there before we get started. But I've been thinking about like these processes lately and in training new, new artists in bridal. And I realized like, holy crap, dude, like we use these stupid processes in every single part of our job, like from the elastic that you use to like secure the bulk of the weight on the back of the nape, uh, you know, like to like the curl pattern to the pins you use, like everything is a process and it's brick laid on top of each other. That's how I create updos. That's how they last for 10 hours. And so I just took that same idea of like this process and put it into maybe a personal connection and customer service. And so that's what we do. So as soon as they contact us. I call that like, this is like the blind date, right? It's like you're on one of those dating apps and you're like, hmm, like, do I like this chick? Do I like this dude? Nah, you know, or yeah. Like that's the blind date. They like reach out and they're like, they wonder how fast are you going to, how fast are they going to hear from you? 
Is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? You know, and I say that if you don't contact your inquiry within 24 hours, you already lost the client. You just left money on the table. Anything longer than 24 hours, you just told them you don't care about them and you don't need their business. So in that like blind date stage, like jumping onto those emails right away and those inquiries is super important. And then hey, in that seems- Before we move on, is there, yeah. is there, is it the opposite too? Can you respond too quickly? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. And I mean, you guys can have your opinion on this too. I'm totally open. Um, my assistant, Cheney, she is like, she's my life. Um, she works behind the computer full time from 9am to 5pm Monday through Friday. Perfect. And so as soon as an inquiry comes in, we actually have an automated system that reaches back out instantly that gives them information just to say like, this is a little bit about us. We'll be in contact with you shortly. So they're instantly getting that was that I think what I heard the other day, I was listening to, to a podcast and they said, we have about three seconds of attention span now. So these brides are reaching out and you have about three seconds to be like, to, to wow them. And so right. I think the instant gratification of hearing back from you, it, I think it's actually a game changer. Especially if you're giving them an assignment, right? Like if you're not, cause you get a lot of buns that come back to say like, oh, we'll be in touch with you within 48 hours or something like that. And like, to me, I'm like, that's a wasted email, you know, but if you go, Hey, yeah. this is going on, tell us a little bit more about you. Like it, it feels more personal, even if it's automated, you know, so that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's what we do. So there's immediately we send out an entire online magazine of, you know, our prices and our services and kind of like a sneak peek into what it would look like to like date us, what it would look like to work with us. You know, if you're going to hang out with me for four hours on your wedding day, this is what it's going to look like so that automatically they know right away, like, oh, I like this chick or I don't. And, and, and you send them your pricing and stuff as well. So they can kind of vet you too. So they're not, cause I'm sure the first question is like, you know, how much is this how much, talk this or how much do you charge? So, you know, they can yeah. vet you and they can be like, Oh, she's out of my price range, you know, time yeah. to move on or whatever. And I think that's really important. And I think it also shows a lot of confidence in a company that you're not scared to say how much it costs up front and then let the consumer decide if you are within reason, if you're within budget. Otherwise, don't waste your time courting this person and then be like, oh, let me drop my rates now and then be like, oh, crap, I can't afford you. Right. You know, put it out there up front and just be honest and transparent so that you can move forward, you know, if you guys are a good fit or not. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so yeah, let's, let's continue through the process. Okay. So that, that's what I call like the blind date phase. Like, right. Do we like each other? Do we not? Are you cute? Mm, you're not cute, you know? <laughs> and then here's my rates. Like, this is what you get when you date me. And so then from there, I say like, that's when we put them into like this courting phase and I I'm super like old school. So like courting, you know, this is like the longest phase of our relationship with our brides this, cause they could reach out to us 12 months before they actually get married. So that means that within my company, I have to court this person for 12 months and that's a really long time to keep somebody happy and answer their questions. And so I always say like, this is, this is when the magic happens. Um, but in that it's kind of like when the bride decides, you know, what they want, what their vision is. And that's when we kind of open up the communication lines of send us your vision for your hair, but also send us a reference photo with your hair down. Because let's get all the uncomfortable conversation out of the way first, that if your vision is actually realistic for your hair. 
And we do that way prior to even booking a trial, which is some people call it a preview, but that's our initial appointment where we do come face to face and our artist actually pampers the client. We go through all full hair and makeup and help them decide what they want on their wedding day. Is it, is it sometimes a, a client's what they want and their, what their hair will do, even though they don't match, is it hard sometimes to talk them out of what they want? Yeah. So we try not to talk them out of it as much as we try to show them other options. Here's what I've learned in 10 years. And I think this is, this is a hard one to, to catch on to. It's a hard one to teach, but when somebody gets a photo in front of them, if they're not in our industry, they don't understand our lingo. They don't even understand like what a chignon is or what a messy updo is or what a, the difference between a three-strand braid and a fishtail braid. All they know when they look at that photo is like, oh my gosh, she looks beautiful. Like I want to feel what I feel when I look at that picture. So if you can go in and you can pick that picture apart and you can identify the feeling that they actually want, then you can create that same exact feeling with their natural hair. And so that's like really where that psychology piece comes in. You have to be strategic in the questions that you ask because you're not trying to identify like, do you want your hair pulled really tight right here? Do you want it like on top of your head? What you're trying to identify is what is the emotion that's evoked when they look at that photo? Okay, once I figure that out, I'm going to create that same emotion for you. That's like, that's the bomb right there, man. Yeah, that's you know, like, like that's genius. That's the genius bit, right? That's crazy. So you said that, that, so the long, so, you know, between from first contact to the actual wedding that, you know, that, that's your, that's your courting phase. Is there anything? That's else? our courting phase. So what else are you doing within the courting phase? I mean, like, so they come in, they have a trial and stuff like that. D does anything else happen? Yeah, absolutely. That's where a lot of like, um, all of our details come to light. So what time they want to be, what time their ceremony is, what time they want to be finished with hair and makeup. This is all of like the administrative stuff, all the details so that we can create a seamless event. Um, and so what happens there is I, I always say there's like a fork in the road, you know, at this point, you either they fall in love with you and they're like, we just want to book you. Here's our money. Let's secure the date. We're committed to you. You're committed to us. And then I'll reach back out in six months when my wedding is closer. Maybe when I have my dress or I have a better idea of like what my vision is for my, for my wedding day. Otherwise we have the flip side of that. Whereas I want to book a trial and make sure that you can actually create my look before I commit to you. And so we do that too. But then sometimes that trial will happen like 12 months before the wedding day. And what I find to happen is they've changed their entire vision by the time we get to their wedding. So they spent all this money and all this time trying to perfect this look and this idea. And then that's not even what we create on the wedding day. But I think at that point they have like, like I said, we found that emotion that they're looking for. And so then they're like, oh, I really like hanging out with you. You'll take care of me day of. And so then they book. So it's either one way or the other. You know, the ones that book right away, then we just start putting them through the system of getting all of their details and creating their timeline for their wedding day. So at what point do you have them sign the contract? Well, I leave that up to them. I think that it's really important for them to have the, the control. So we will send them the contract right away and say, if you are comfortable moving forward at this time, we would love to pamper you and be a part of your wedding day. And then they can sign the contract and put down their non-refundable deposit. If they would like to book a trial, we do the same thing. If you're comfortable moving forward, let's get you secured on our wedding date because our schedule books up fast. Otherwise, let's get your trial done as soon as possible 
because I can't guarantee if we book your trial six months down the road that our artists will even be available for your wedding day at that point. Right. So it's kind of like we hand it all to them in that, you know, full transparency. Like this is what it looks like to work with us. Choose. How much, how much are they putting down? Percentage They're only putting down $200. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's not a big commitment, but, but it's, it's enough that said it's a commitment and that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to lose $200. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. I don't either. $200 <laughs> is a lot of money to me, but a lot of times they're compared to what you're putting down for your dress or your caterer. I mean, you might be putting down $5,000. You might be putting upwards of $12,000 for your venue as a deposit. So $200 in comparison is quite small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what yeah. are some of the uh, details in your contract? So contracts. So this is where you really weed out and vet out the bridezillas. This is because if they're not willing to sit down and come up with their schedule and their timeline, then you know it's going to be absolute chaos on that wedding day. So a lot of things can be, I mean, we ask for like their best contact information, where they're getting ready, what time their ceremony is, if they're doing a first look or not, if they're doing bridesmaid photos beforehand, or if they're doing bridesmaid photos with the robes on or in their dresses, because all this stuff matters. What time your photographer is showing up. And I think the the reason we get so detailed is, I mean, one is I'm an analyst by trade. So I want all that information so that I'm not blind walking in. But two, it's because hair and makeup is the very first part of your wedding day. And if your artist screws up your schedule and you're running 60, 75 minutes behind, you're, you're playing catch up the entire day. So then the photographer shows up and you're still like trying to get her up to in place. And you don't want to be responsible for messing up somebody's day. So a schedule is super important, which means that the client has to give me those details so I can create that timeline. So all right, you said this is when you, you, you weed out the bridezillas or so what are some of the red flags that you see in your contract? Oh, that's that, that makes you know, like, okay, this is a bridezilla. Okay. So the biggest one is, oh, I guess I should backtrack just a smidge before the contract goes out, but um, the inspiration photos. If the inspiration photo comes in and it is polar opposite of their hair. So I'm talking like bride has a bob and she wants long hair down to her tush but she's anti hair extensions. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But she's like, I just like the curl pattern in that. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. But I can't even create that curl pattern because I don't even have that length of hair to create that curl pattern. Your curl pattern is going to have one kink in it. That curl pattern has five kinks in it. And so that kind of stuff, when they're like, absolutely no hairspray, absolutely no, you know, makeup without sunscreen, like that type of stuff. Or if they're like, I, I want six of my bridesmaids to be finished with hair and makeup, but we want all hair and makeup done in two hours. Ooh. You're like, well, if your wedding is at noon, you have to understand that you're going to be getting ready at 6 a.m. And if they're like, absolutely not, I don't want to do that. Those are also some things where it's just unrealistic expectations. And I don't want to be the person that makes you frustrated on your wedding day. So for me, it's just not even... It's not even worth it. Wow. What, yeah. what are, what are some, what are some uh, things that you have in your contract? 
Like, like when, when, when you, when you're designing, let, let's talk to like, if you're a listener here and if they were designing a, a bridal contract, what are some things that absolutely have to be in there? Um, ready time is it's super imperative. Never send out a contract without understanding what time your client actually needs to be finished with hair and makeup. That's not what time the photographer wants them dressed. It's what time they need to be finished with hair and makeup. Cause you can't meet somebody's standard if you don't know what the standard is. Right. Um, liability is super important because here's the thing. When it comes down to insurance, you're not covered under a brick and mortar any longer. Therefore, if you are a bridal stylist, you need to have your own liability insurance that covers you from one, falling down the stairs at a hotel room and breaking your neck to burning somebody and that person coming back and suing you. So liability is super important also because you're out working on location and that changes um, the terms of your insurance policy. Um, service counts. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, service counts. So how many, how many hair or makeup they actually desire? So those, those types of things so that you can create a schedule for them. Final payments. When do you want final payment to be actually collected? So for our company, we don't conduct any type of monetary transactions on location. Absolutely not. And that's just because I'm a real, like an advocate for creating an experience, not just creating services. So I don't want to hang out with you for four hours and cheers you with a mimosa and give you a hug and help you in your dress and help you put your shoes on and then be like, can you pay your $2,500 bill now? Right. You know, I'd rather be like able to like high five, you give you a hug and then, and then walk away and just know that it's taken care of already. Um, travel requirements. If you require any type of travel, be upfront about it. Do you want somebody to pay for your travel? Um, cancellation policy, huge, especially with COVID. Um, you know, we have gone in and had to change our cancellation policy and we've had to sit down for a long time and think about like, where is our integrity in this? Do we want to say that, you know, an act of God no longer, um, no longer provides you with a cancellation, like a, a refund on your deposit or refund on your entire bill. So that type of stuff. And then obviously COVID protocol. I mean, it's huge. We still need to be really cautious about it. So anything legal you could possibly think of, you want to put in your contract just so that you're covered. I want to rewind a little bit. Um, so the, your stylist and your makeup artist that work for you, are they 1099s? Are they actually working for you? And, and the reason I asked that to kind of like to round it off. So if, as far as the insurance goes, so, yeah. you know, are they, everybody, everybody on your team has their own insurance policies that's going to protect them? Yes and no. Um, I do have some stylists that are employees and that's because they work with me consistently throughout the entire year. I do have some that are contracted and there is a really, really tricky gray zigzaggy line between 1099s. So maybe a whole nother topic <laughs> on the 1099 game. Especially in um, California because they're stricter than the rest of the country as well. Yeah. AB5 is like really hardcore out here and, you know, so another day promise <laughs> maybe maybe offline <laughs> no, no I'm kidding but um so I have both now the clients that I'm sorry the artists that are employees they are covered under my insurance under my liability umbrella of insurance the clients that are 1099 they are excuse me the stylists that are 1099 they are only covered during the working time 
So meaning their schedule starts at 9 a.m. and they have to arrive on location at 9 a.m. and they're done at 2. They're only they're only covered by the company insurance from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. The travel time from their house to the venue, they're not covered. So I always tell them, you know, this is where you're covered from here to here. The company will protect you. However, if you cut somebody's ear off, the company is not going to protect you from that. Now, if they come back and say this is company fault, that's not company fault. That's under your own licensing. So it's a really tricky gray area. And I just I'm super transparent with my artists and just say, like, this is what we provide coverage wise. If you want anything above and beyond this, I highly recommend it. That makes total sense. You know, yeah, that's uh... it's tricky. And each venue that you go to requires a different level of liability insurance. So we have certificates of insurance at. I don't know, like 10 or 15 different venues in Santa Barbara because they require a million dollars to $2 million in liability insurance to even step foot onto their property. You know what? It brings up, it brings up another thought that I have not, not necessarily with the bridal stuff, but you know, if, if, if you've done somebody's hair, like at their house or something, certainly through COVID and stuff, you know, are you covered under that insurance? Right. And, and, and what she's saying is no, you know, but now as an independent contractor, having my own salon suite is there is the, Am I covered outside of that building as well? You're not. <laughs> so, so Rachel's shaking her head, saying, "No, no, no, you're not. You're not covered under that." You're not. That's really interesting. So, listen, listen. I'm not. I don't do insurance for a living. But from what I understand, is that when your insurance, when you file for your insurance, if you look at your insurance policy, there's an address on it. You are only right. covered within the four walls of that address. As soon as you step foot outside of that. Your insurance. So here, get this. I had an artist a couple years back that her entire kit, makeup and hair kit, was in her car. Her car got broken into outside of her house. Oy vey. Insurance won't cover it because her insurance for her property is covered inside the house. If the house was broken into, then they would have covered her loss. But because it was in her car and it was outside of her house... It's not covered. Most, Same thing with liability insurance. And most car insurances don't cover theft. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's something to really think about, you know, especially with COVID coming through, that was really hard as a brick and mortar owner to kind of weed through and navigate through because I had a lot of stylists that were like, well, we're just going to do house calls. And I'm like, that's awesome. But you're doing that at your own risk. And if something happens, one insurance is not going to cover you. And also California state board is not going to cover you. So remember you can play the system, but you have to reap the consequences for any mishap that, you know, might occur. So it's just a really scary territory. And California is, you know, they're quite, nitty-gritty about their insurance policies yeah i'm sure oh. it's crazy yeah all right not not to take yeah. us way off of an insurance thing but uh, i know right now if anybody's listening i am not like uh, an insurance policy guru by any right. means this is Do just what i've research. learned but you can always Instagram yeah. her and DM her and ask her yeah, exactly. insurance questions and anytime buy, you want. And buy a policy. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I'll be like, Google it, guys. Right. Google it. <laughs> All right. So I, I have a couple of questions about just being a bridal person. So like, yeah. like, 
okay, my back to my life. And like, you know, whenever I've had to do like a, a client and, and their friends are involved or their parents are involved looking over my shoulder, it's never really ended up well, right? It's like, because you're not just playing to that person, right? You're not just like, you're not just charming that person, but now you have to charm everybody in the room. And there's always somebody in the room that's like, yeah, that guy sucks, you know? And then, the, and then that becomes the energy of the stuff. Well, that's what, that's literally what you do for a living. So, you know, you can have your contract signed by the bride and all that stuff, but, but, you know, then you have, you know, mother of the bride and you have, and you have, you know, now all her, her friends that are hung over from the night before having opinions about the day. Like, <laughs> like, how do you manage that kind of stuff? And I mean, at that point you can't walk out, right? Yeah, you No, I don't ever walk out. <laughs> <laughs> you can cry once you leave, but in the moment, um, maintaining professionalism is, is super important. Um, that's a great question because it happens all the time. And as, as beauty professionals, we have, we wear a lot of hats, right? Like we don't just do hair and makeup. We're also like a therapist and we're an advocate and we're the best friend, you know? And it's, I think it's the same as if you're working behind a chair, being all of these roles for your client. I think it's just amplified by a thousand when you're in a room where now you have to be emotionally present and available for like 15 women instead of just maybe one. Um, what I've learned along the way is that the bride is my boss. I don't care if the mom has an opinion. She can speak her mind and she can tell me all the ways that I'm doing it wrong and that I should do it different. But as soon as she turns her head, I whisper into my bride's ear, that's all really great advice, but what do you want? What makes you feel the best? How do you want to see yourself in your photos? Because that's the important thing is that you feel good. And it can be the same thing with the bridesmaids and all of their opinions. The tricky part is, is when you have a bride who is not confident enough to speak out loud what they want. And so then you're like playing this, this middleman game of like, okay, well, she keeps searching for their approval. So how do you figure out like the, you know, how do you navigate like when, what is a yes and what is a no, because she's not giving me anything. And that's when you have to really pay attention to the body language. All I can say is just, you keep your mouth shut and quietly advocate for the bride a hundred percent of the time until you can kind of see like either their shoulders relax and they take like a deep breath or you give them a mirror and they totally like light up in front of it. Have you ever, have you ever been in, in a situation where you, you know, you, got the contract with the bride and she had X amount of bridesmaids and, and her mom where you had to cancel the mom or one of the bridesmaids where you couldn't live up to what they want because it was unrealistic, but the brides was, was completely fine. Um, yeah, lots of times, <laughs> lots of times. Um, I had this client one time and I'll a quick story. And she was so frustrated with me because I didn't have hot rollers with me. She wasn't the bride. It was the mother of the bride. I didn't have hot rollers with me. And I'm like, well, ma'am, we don't carry hot rollers, but we also have five different barrel size of Caroline iron. So we can create the same exact look. And so she didn't believe me. So we just had to kind of like go through the entire process and try and appease her the entire time until she looked in the mirror and she was like, oh my gosh, I do look like myself. But in the process, she's like yelling at me and telling me how stupid my tools are and things oh. like that. And, you know, one of those ones where you're like, I just want to be like, sorry, go get your own hot rollers <laughs> from the hotel room and do your hair yourself. But we can't, you know? So if I'm on location, then I try to step in and kind of just, you know, 
diffuse the situation, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to hand them the curling iron or hand them the mascara, hand them the lip liner and just say, you know what? I love pampering you, but you know how you like your mascara and you know how you like your lip liner. And I would hate to mess that up. So why don't you apply it and then I'll tweak it. And that kind of diffuses the situation and puts the power back in their hands. But because really it is all it is, is that they're just uncomfortable. You have to think about it. These bridal stylists are sitting in a room totally different than when you're in a salon. In a salon, you have a huge mirror in front of you. They can see exactly what you're doing. We're filling up rooms, hotel rooms and conference rooms. They're totally at, they've lost all their freedom. They're sitting in a chair and they can't see anything we're doing. So if they, you add like the lack of knowing what they're doing to your hair right now on top of the anxiety and the stress and the all of the emotions and crazy, they're blind to what's happening with their hair. So it's just play that psychology game, show up for them emotionally because that's, they just need to calm down. So take some uh, psychology courses at your local uh, community college and, uh, and you know. Lots of, <laughs> lots of them. I know, I know that I harp on that a lot, but I think that that, that piece of it, because it's such a stressful environment to be in and it's such a big day where these people are like, this is the day. And everything needs to be perfect. Right. Well, if your hair didn't look like that yesterday, your hair is not going to look like that today. So how do we bring this uh, unrealistic expectations? How do we hone on them and kind of harness them and create the look and desire you feel that still makes you feel beautiful on this perfect day? Yeah. I mean, listen, the psychology, it is a big part of the game, especially on those days, right? Because these are their most important days. You know, it's the, it's yeah. the one that they've been planning for forever you know so you've got yeah. you've got to play, you've got to fill that role as You're well you're slipping a xanax in her water or <laughs> oh my gosh I'm right so <laughs> i'm like do you want a mimosa she's like no i'm like i think you do yeah. <laughs> exactly. this is a mimosa plus <laughs> we're just gonna do this for the picture just sip it for the picture <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god yeah so it's really fun. I do, you definitely have to have a heart for the industry. It has to be something that totally lights you up. And I mean, I just feel pretty lucky that I, I found it and I enjoy it enough to yeah, subject myself to it. Skin, you got to be strong. You got to know it's, it's not personal. But at the end of the day, the reward is pretty amazing. Yeah, you get absolutely. To, she gets to spend the rest of her life with a picture of her getting married to uh, her groom and, uh, and, and it's you for, for the rest of her life. She gets the, she, it's your work. Yeah. And you know, what's been really neat over the years is some of the brides that we've pampered, they have reached back for huge, you know, events in their life, baby showers. We pamper them, you know, for their baby reveal or for funerals, you know, just really huge life events we've been able to be a part of those things from the wedding oscars day and, yeah yep. what'd you say so the oscars and etc yeah. <laughs> right it's it's so it's really cool to be able to you know take like this passion and this this art that totally lights me up and and share it with them you know and make them feel beautiful from the inside out that's that's an award uh reward that is it's instant in bridal yeah that's so, so cool. It's so cool too that our industry allows people to kind of do what they're passionate about. You know, like like I don't mm -hmm. when we were young, I don't know, 
I know that we actually went to hair school with somebody that just wanted to do bridal hair, but I don't think that it was available to her to just do that. So, you know, she kind of had to be like, I guess I got to work in the salon as well. Um, but, you know, now our industry has definitely changed. I mean, I know that I know that our friend uh, Blush in Maine, um, Sarah, I know Sarah Jane, I know that, that that's what she's wanted to do. And I think she's kind of created that, right? She, she's only doing like event hair. She's only doing and like the most unbelievable Naha photographs ever. But that's a whole nother story in it for another time. But, you know, she, yeah. she's able to kind of like make that her career as opposed to you know making it an addition to it's actually her career. Does that like make the sense? other person I know, uh Rachel Perriman. <laughs> like Rachel <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I think our industry has really like as our industry has evolved, we've been really lucky being provided with the opportunity to really narrow your niche. And to hone in on what you do. I mean, and it's not just bridal. Think about all of like the balayage specialists or um, the, you know, the pop colors, the funky. See, I don't even know the right terminology. You know, all the pretty colors like (laughs) fashion. Yeah, fashion of vivids, you know, you don't I don't think that opportunity. I grew up in a salon. I was a homeschooled kid. And so for all of my elementary years until high school, my mom was a hairstylist as well. And I went to work with her every day. We definitely weren't doing updos. They were doing roller sets and haircuts, you know, and I think as our industry has evolved, it's really created this opportunity for people to narrow their niche and go in the lane that they want. But it does still take hard work and dedication. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, whatever you're going to do in life, you know, it's going to take that hard work and dedication, especially if you want to be successful at it. Yeah, and the, and the more Absolutely. you work hard and the more dedication, the better you are and the, the more you separate yourself from, from the pack. So Yeah, I think that really that idea of like, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none is something that we could really, you know, take to heart when we think about our industry now is you, you can, you can really master and, and be an expert in one thing and how you market that and present that to the world can really create a profitable career. And I think it's just switching the mindset from, you know, the six week, the six week maintenance, you know, style and profitability to Maybe they're one-offs, maybe they're brides, they're bigger tickets, but you only see them one time. Right. All right. So this, it, believe it or not, we're, we're approaching an hour. This, this conversation went by so fast. So we're going to probably bring you back one, talk about 1099s and insurances and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> but how can, how can some of our listeners keep up with you, find you, maybe DM you, ask you questions, or maybe you know, if they're out in, in, in uh, California, maybe join your team. But how can how can Gosh, people absolutely. yeah f- keep up with you and find you? Yeah, I um I have such a heart for bridal. So anybody, any questions, please reach out. I could talk bridal all day long. But Instagram at Rachel Perryman underscore. Don't forget the silly little underscore at the end. That's my personal brand. Reach out to me. We can chit chat about anything. Totally be friends. Hang out speak bridal. Um, my company side, if you just want to see portfolio inspiration side at La Rouge artistry, L A R O U G E. And, um, I also show up on podcasts. It's called shut up and start every Monday where we, I talk about like my crazy experiences with my brides, but also kind of give you little tips and tricks in order to hone in on profitability within the bridal industry. Love that. Yeah. It's like, it's like a class every Monday, you know, she's, uh, she's giving out and yeah. talk about her wild it's, weekend. It's, it usually is. And it's something that typically happened like on the weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you guys this story about this girl. And so it's, it's fun. And you know what, if anything, it's, it's entertainment. That's, That's awesome. Brilliant. That's, That's brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It truly was 
an honor. I've right. been looking forward to it. So dang. So have we. So have we. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you for joining us on you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.